There's a new virus in the database. We have a zero bug attacking all login and all the way files. Run antivirus. Give me a systems display. So I have today with me Ahmad Kasmani. Um, you are currently working as a principal research lead in Microsoft, where you reverse engineer malware and analyze adversary behaviors. Uh, you worked at CrowdStrike, leading the detection and response for Asia Pacific team, with more than 15 years now working in cybersecurity industry. Personally, I think you're one of the best cybersecurity researchers in Australia, uh, where you have investigated and led many serious breaches and some that we can't even disclose or talk about. Um, I just want to humbly thank you for the time today we have for the interview and welcome you. Thank you very much, Shadi. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a while since I started my career in cybersecurity, right? We've come a long way from uh, starting to read logs and uh, developing software for ATMs and now uh, moving to Australia in 2018 and uh, finding my feet here and then, you know, landing where am I right now? It's, it's I'm, I'm extremely thankful um, for, for all that has happened to me and, and it's, it's, again, it's great to be here talking to you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so as a principal research leading in, in Microsoft, um, obviously you haven't started straight away like that. You started from some place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how did you get started in cybersecurity? I know you have a very strong background in software and coding. Mm-hmm. And did it start from there uh, in yes. cybersecurity? Yeah, it actually did start from there. In I was working as a software engineer developing software for ATMs. Right. Yeah. Um, and in 2008, um, actually before 2008, I was traveling a lot. Um, I traveled to almost everywhere in the Middle East region. I started from Oman, Qatar, uh, then Dubai, Abu Dhabi, all these places. But 2018 was when I got my feet wet in, in the, or I understood about cybersecurity and, and the impact that it, it has, right? I was, we, our company was TPS and we were a partner with NCR. NCR is an ATM uh, manufacturer. We don't even use ATMs in Australia, but ATMs are those machines that are cash dispensers and cash <laughs> depositing. Um, so I was de- developing solutions for that. 2018, one of the, we were called by NCR for um, an issue that a customer had in their environment where uh, cards had been compromised and uh, the customers did not have uh, the bank did not have the customer's correct information or the addresses to dispatch new cards and um, so they basically contacted ncr because ncr was managing their atms and they wanted to use the atms to somehow take the uh, customer's phone number on the ATM itself. So the customer would insert their card and before inserting, before selecting their transaction, they would be asked to enter their phone number and uh, that phone number would be stored centrally. So I then understood the impact of what what a security breach can do, right? Your cards are compromised and you're hustling, bustling to try to recover that situation and you're then, then spending millions of dollars 
to uh, to reissue new cards and sending them off to customers so that got my eyes open and basically from there i started uh, thinking about cyber security and careers in cyber security unfortunately at that time as well i was still in pakistan so i did not really understand or really you know know how i can get started and uh, at that time if you remember in 2008 2009 the industry was very very closed people who were in cyber security were in cyber security but people who were outside cyber security they did not even know where to get started and in fact the problem is still there right we are lucky that we have now ended up in the industry and we know our way in and out and we understand what different things mean but the jargon and you know um how uh, how to manipulate different things and how to start your career basically where do you want to start your career from that is something that is still a big challenge and uh, that is something that we should talk about right how how can somebody land in cyber security what is the best way for somebody to start their career in cyber security Yeah, right. Yeah. So, anyways, so started doing, started from there, developed that service for the cust for uh, my my employer, and then in 2010, I got the opportunity to move to NCR in Abu Dhabi itself. Uh, so the same customer became became my customer directly, um, and then from there, uh, I started looking at uh, incidents which are impacting ATMs, right, and. then i started looking at logs so anything that is related to logs on on any you know windows system i have seen it right i have yeah. used any kind of software that you need to analyze event logs to analyze uh, you know written logs text based logs and what not um so notepad plus plus and what not there are so many tools that i wrote myself because there was nothing out there at that time to to analyze those logs and correlate those logs together so i did that in from 2008 and uh, from 2010 in abu dhabi and um, and started uh, playing around with uh, mcafi epo uh, then we had whitelisting at that time it was called solid core which was a component of mcafi epo but then um, mcafi epo it became mcafi whitelisting or something like that so played around with that um i was part of the professional services team so we were installing that a lot in our customer sites and you know looking at incidents etc there used to be very very strange things in atm uh, are a very strange sort of environment to work in a customer engineer will go to an atm he will basically use a usb that he's used on his infected pc and then he will use it on the atm and basically the atm is infected right yeah. and yeah. Uh, we've had people like a camera operator or a, a person who, who who's uh, installing a camera on the atm he will come and he will he will basically try to install the software from an infected usb he will in uh, Uh, attach the USB and basically after that the whole ATM network is infected, right? Because yeah, yeah. because you know the Windows XP and MS 08067 was was rampant at that time, so you know uh, ports were open, everything was open, C dollar was open, everything was open <laughs> at that time. Oh my God! So investigating all those things. 
but then then um, kept on doing that then some if we saw some atm related malwares which were so on the atms there is something called hal hardware abstraction layer it is there on on windows as well but it is not everybody does not know that name it's it's common in the atm industry and a hardware abstraction layer is basically um xfs layer which basically isolates what is running on top of that layer right so it says that you know the the user interface or the main component of the atm will talk to that hardware abstraction layer and that hardware abstraction layer will then talk to the the hardware which is underneath it can be any vendor's hardware so malware's started coming up which were written to uh, use or directly communicate with the hal with the xfs layer directly and so investigated those at that time as well um, and then uh, there was a, a rampant uh, surge of um, of skimmers um, card skimmers at that time lebanese loops and all these things were there where where cash was trapped inside the machine if somebody went to do a transaction on the machine they would insert a card and and the cash would not come out the basically there was a, a trap that somebody would install over there where the cash would get trapped and it would not come out and so those kind of things investigating them and looking at camera feed shitty camera feeds because it's the atm is installed 6 hours away on the saudi ue border and nobody can go there to investigate so you're looking at shitty camera feed and then uh, moving on from there then then i said now enough is enough now i need to find a proper way to get into cybersecurity so i started do, uh, doing my oscp um and oscp was a journey in itself it uh, was it i started in 2017 i think and um i think 2016 or 17 um then in the middle i remember that um i stopped for like 6 months then continued on again i basically my first attempt at oscp i only got the buffer overflow i did not get anything else um then my second attempt at the oscp i again got the buffer overflow and i got like a low low prif shell on on a box and i was like man this is going to be a disaster how is this going to work out right uh, and 24 hour exam etc so my third attempt i think i got 80 in the first 12 hours right um i had done a lot of practice and at this was the time where where you could not google those things right now yeah. oscp is like a piece of cake right yeah. basically people like rana khalil and all these people have written such good write ups and um, you know what's that platform hack the box or something Uh, yeah. it has basically it already has so many boxes which are similar to oscp that somebody has done some write up or the other right yeah. so if you're yeah. looking at like a third party crm solution you will find the the solution for that or a way to exploit that uh, write up over there on the on the web the, this was not there at my time yeah so i did the oscp in 2017 and um, similarly there was this process going on on the background of australian immigration and um in 2017 then uh, my friend came up to me and he said so what's going on with australian immigration my boss basically um he came to me and this is how the world works right this is how fate yeah. works i'll i'll yeah. tell you 
so uh, he came to me and he said so what's going on with your australian immigration i'm like nothing i basically stopped i don't want to do the ielts he's like no man let's do it let's, let's go for it so he went with me and and we we worked together to do the ielts and i got a crappy score on it crappy right i could not get even the minimum marks to get a qualification or get into the australian immigration thing i think the minimum was 65 other than less than that you would not even be called right uh, for that i needed like 6 or 6.5 on the ielts anyway so i said screw it what's the other option uh, other than ielts so i went for pte did the pte what full marks in the pte so i basically got like the top 10% uh, numbers in the australian immigration system like 70 or 75 or something like that and then next call that next draw that happened i was called so 2017 september or something i was called and in august i did my oscp you see so you see things are falling yeah. together right yeah yeah and um, so in um, and that time i i finished my paperwork for the australian immigration and december i got my final call okay um and um, so december i got my final call and then after that i said uh, the economic situation in ue is going down uh, it's uh, i think it's time for me to make a decision right and i need to uh, go to australia i have this immigration so i said let me resign from here from ue and uh, let's see about going to australia so i gave two months notice so january february was my notice and first march i would leave i started applying for jobs over here in australia and i remember my first interview was with the missing link or something my god that interview was a disaster disaster <laughs> it was like a disaster like i could not answer any question whatsoever my and this is where i say interview is a interviewing is a muscle yeah the more you interview the more yeah. you'll get used to it it's not about the knowledge that you have yeah it's not about the knowledge that you have people think that oh i am knowledgeable enough and i still cannot get past the interview you can't because you are looking it's like an exam you need to practice right if you yeah. if you go for an exam which is a multiple choice exam or a bcq best choice exam you need to get the knowledge and after that you need to practice how to do the bcqs as well because they yeah. can be confusing you will be under pressure and all these things are there so that's why i tell people if you want to go in a company x don't apply first day to company x yeah always apply to places which are close competitors of company x try to have an idea of what company x will ask you yeah right and then prepare for those questions right prepare those questions you will fail nobody says that you will not fail you will fail don't be afraid of that failure yeah and that's why i i tell my friends as well that you know i tell them that there are offers in this place in this place and they ask me oh what is the interview going to be like and how much money are they going to pay me basically this is what happens is that i've seen this a lot this is um what happens when you have a uh, you know fight or flight mode comes up automatically as soon as you see a challenge yeah 
you there is a big wall that comes in front of you and your your conscious is basically trying to justify not to get into that situation yeah. it is saying that oh the money is not enough it's not worth my time yeah. oh the the job description it does not match my my profile it's not worth my time right yeah yeah all these things do, do not matter if you feel that the job is right for you and you feel that you know you can do well over there even if you know part of that information which is written in your job description go for it yeah. go for it i've applied for so many jobs and and the job description in the job description basically i i joke with my friends and tell them that you know in the job interviews in the job description they ask for a lion and yeah. when they when they get you inside they make you do a, the job of a cat right yeah Yeah, yeah. So not nothing matters, right? Correct. So did interviews failed all of them? All of them. I think I failed in like twenty or thirty interviews, maybe. Yeah. So does that mean that I was a loser or I did not have I I did not have the correct knowledge or what not? No. The only thing that I did was that after each and every interview, I would go and look up the questions that I could not understand. I that yeah. would. whether that would require me learning something new whether that would require me building up a lab and practicing something in my lab yeah. um or whether that, that is something uh, looking up something in the microsoft documentation imagine somebody in australia called me in an interview and asked me what is the sid for an administrator who remembers these things by heart nobody correct yeah so I was like, at least you know, get those things which are which are uh, basic questions. You know, try to uh, try to get those things straight. So I studied those questions, and every time I used to fail in an interview, go back, learn, go back, learn. So that is what happened. And um, there was one organization which was huge in two thousand eighteen, big organization, big big, and I applied over there. I was basically interviewing at four o'clock in the night in UAE, wow. and I had four or five o'clock in the in in the morning in UAE, and I had like five interviews. And the only issue was that this this guy in HR he never used to come back to me, right? I used to yeah. follow up with him like three or four times. I knew the interview went well, but yeah. he never used to come back to me after that. Yeah. He slept basically after each and every interview. So um, the last interview, uh, I think it was with my hiring manager or whatnot. And in that interview, I was basically so upset. I said to the hiring manager, um, "Is he going to come back to me, or I am going to have to follow up like fifteen times again?" And I think that's why um, I felt that you know the the hiring manager got pissed off, and and uh, I was rejected for that role. So, but then what happened was that I looked up other competitors of of that company, and I found CrowdStrike, <laughs> right? And then I applied yeah. over there uh, and got in over there. Bef- uh, but that was, I think, CrowdStrike was in, in. I landed in CrowdStrike in June 2018. Before that, I I had an opportunity when I before I landed. Actually, I had gotten a job in Queensland Health. Yeah. Before I uh, before I I I landed over here, so I basically landed here first of March, third of March. I basically joined Queensland Health. Wow, wow, right? Yeah, uh, that's because I my great friend uh, from university. He still uh, we spend a lot of time together. Still, Omar Choksi. He's still in CrowdStrike. He basically uh, we basically graduated together, 
and we were working he was working in dubai for for 9 years i was working in abu dhabi we never met each other yeah. over there we never yeah. met each other over there we basically were in the same class in university spent 4 years together so i when i when i completed the oscp he was doing the oscp over here so he gave me a call uh, to ask uh, for my help and tips etc and i told him i am coming to australia and i need your help so he basically helped me out to get an interview in queensland health and i basically yeah. uh, was able to pass that and was able to come through so uh, then it was uh, migrating to australia then going to queensland health so that's how I came to brisbane and then uh crowd strike in 2018 june um and uh i was you know i was scared shitless all the time with crowd yes. strike as well because i knew crowd strike is a security company and it's like top notch and and i was thinking i might be the first pakistani who might have been hired over here <laughs> so i am like yeah there might be a situation where where they might say that your security check does not pass even after yeah. it has passed they yeah. might just say that your passport does not line up with our requirements and we can't we can't basically we've hired you but we can't keep you. and there were certain emails and certain conversation that happened after i was hired where i was asked for my citizenship and what and i was like oh my god this is going to be a disaster <laughs> uh, but thankfully thankfully yeah. uh, i worked my a- I worked my ass off in crowd strike and uh, uh, after first year i got promoted to become a manager i was basically uh, me and one of my friend were basically christian were managing the whole australian shift yeah and everything that was happening during those 8 hours basically i was working from sunday to wednesday and he was wor- working wednesday to saturday yeah so you you are basically i was basically alone from 8 o'clock till 5 yeah. o'clock right and sometimes from during during daylight savings it was 8 o'clock to uh, 6 o'clock in the evening until we handed yeah. over to uk and um, very very hard but learned yeah. a lot over there uh, did a lot of automations and everything and uh, basically in crowdstrike i think i completed like three and a half years um and uh, lovely place amazing place you worked with me over there uh, i at one time i was basically managing like 22 people uh, i was doing my own responsibilities as well as one to ones and, and uh, automation work yeah. and controlling the australian shifts and all these things so i saw almost everything Yeah. Then and it's easy it's easy mm-hmm. to say like you are one of the people who built the Asia Pacific uh detection and response team for CrowdStrike mm-hmm. um like you know in Australia because mm-hmm. I think you're the first one starting to do that mm-hmm. and you built that team of 40 50 people technically on your own in Australia. Yeah, it was it was a t- it's all teamwork, right? You have to Yeah. So I uh, you have to have the intention right so we had team leads like uh, earlier i was working with austin austin murphy and gary ruiz who were there yeah. um and they both supported me a lot um and then i had uh, i had lee plant who came in in ue then my reporting moved to ue uh, because us was also very very busy during that time yeah and uh, so everybody supported me and everybody understood that what i brought 
to the table can 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 help build up those things as well um but it was a crash course for me to learn a lot of these things and i was basically counting on my ability to build things so yeah. build things not only just software but thinking about building things and i've done, i i had already built a team in uae right where i was yeah. the first person in professional services hired in ncr and then when i left we had a team of 5 so i had built a team over there and that is why they hired me in here uh, basically austin called me because of that region uh, reason right he said that you know i looked over some cvs and i and i came across your cv which says that building up a professional services team Yeah. So it's not it's not easy. It's very very hard to build a capability from scratch, right? Yeah. And um, so when we did that, we saw a lot of problems. And Australia has some hiring issues as well. You you need to understand those fair work and those those yeah. guidances from those places as well. How time in you works, how leaves work, and all these things. Plus you're running shifts, and yeah. you might have over hours. So all these things I had to learn very quickly. for yeah. for the first month or so i was basically sitting and and trying to understand fair work and how things work right how holidays yeah. work and you know how leaves work what are people entitled to because i needed to to understand how i can protect my interest as i don't want to look bad by asking for something that that is not allowed right right because in in you if you working in in middle east or in pakistan anything goes anything Correct. goes you can basically yeah. push anyone to work over hours and and what not and uh, it's you know people are not people's interests are not protected properly yeah. in those countries uh, whereas here um, i love the fact that you know a person can have a work life balance a person can yeah. say okay yeah. 38 hours and that's it i will not work 1 minute more than that So, anyways, did that, and um, and then COVID hit in 2020 uh, and uh, 2019. The situation was that I was not, I was not even taking leaves. So uh, there used to be so many Sundays and so many Saturdays where I was on call by default because there was yeah. nobody on call. There was yeah. only one manager who was handling everything, right? Yeah. so i never used to venture like a couple of hours away from more than a couple of hours away from my home because i knew that something would happen and something was happening every saturday or sunday yeah right i remember there is there is an article on on crowdstrike's website as well that's why that's why i'll talk about this scenario that you know we had a customer who was hit by uh revel uh by revel attack on a saturday afternoon at 4 o'clock Uh, 4 o'clock Australia time, and yeah. uh, basically the the attacker had compromised their ConnectWise uh, instance, and yeah. from there, from their ConnectWise instance, he had basically launched a command on all their systems, which was basically downloading a malicious PowerShell from uh, Pastebin. And that was basically downloading a payload, Revel payload from GitHub, and to yeah. to basically uh, ransom everything, and that was blocked. So on two thousand systems, it was blocked. Then again on two thousand uh, systems, it was blocked. So we had like eight thousand tries. After the first three tries, he said like maybe Pastebin is blocked. So he moved from Pastebin to Hastebin, right? <laughs> and yeah. then he started. So. 
so every saturday sunday there was something or the other right yeah yeah um, and i was basically enjoying it right yeah. um then in 2019 i wanted to take some time off spent a butt load of money to go to pakistan to spend basically 10 days my wife and yeah. family went there for like a month i went there for 10 days out of those 10 days i felt sick for like 6 days and then came, just came back yeah disaster uh so anyways in then then i quickly i had a trip in for to go to the us for some meetings with crowdstrike team and then covid hit and everything was mask 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 right yeah. when i was coming yeah. back from us i saw some people wearing masks in the plane i'm like yeah. do they all have colds or something what is going yeah, on yeah. <laughs> so covid hit and um, and then you know in 2020 Uh, or 21 i think in 2020 i was getting tired to be yeah. honest i was getting tired there was it was getting too much right because you yeah. know hiring you know i was hiring people you you would not even believe how i, I was hiring people there was one person who, who i hired in a manner that hr did their interview on friday thursday or friday yeah. I was said that I was told that you know this guy is good to go for the interview process. So the first technical interview was conducted on a Monday. This my interview, which was a managerial interview, was conducted on a Thursday, and HR went to them with an offer on Monday or Tuesday. So in ten less than ten days, from the yeah. first HR interview till the uh, till the final uh, offer, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that after that guy got hired in CrowdStrike, he told me that when he when he explained the scenario to his friend, he was like, "These guys are after your after your documents. They're just basically fishing you. They they're not <laughs> interested in hiring you." <laughs> it was that's so, how it should be. Yeah, it should be like this. But in, it yeah. it really is right. It it yeah. really ever is. But we we said that we had such a need of people that we were hiring like crazy crazy. and we were and people were leaving as well because people were burning out as well yeah. right yeah so so i learned a lot from those experiences as well so i said that yeah. you know you can't have that's why if you look at some of my linkedin posts i talked to lily about you know sock people burning out yeah uh, it's a yeah. great place to start off your career because you are drinking from the fire hose and yeah. you're basically you're getting a crash course and what is security basics of cyber security and all these things and you get to learn from from really good people uh, especially in, yeah. in places like crowdstrike and i need to mention joel weaver and and brandon and all these guys who are outstanding amazing right joel was yeah. amazing the knowledge that yeah. he has you spend like a day with him and you will learn so much right yeah so um so learned a lot over there and then i was getting tired into 2020 i wanted to have some i wanted to do something else you know something else to pass my time rather than only fixating on on crowdstrike and uh, mdr and uh, what not so i said let me play around with some youtube channel or what not so i started doing that uh, part time you know some some work um and then you know um lo- was looking for other opportunities as well i am a technical person so for me uh, opportunities in in australia are a bit more limited 
so there are opportunities uh, and don't get me wrong there are there are a lot of opportunities but uh, for me as a person who is not doing penetration test who is not interested in those those penny wise penetration test uh, i yeah. does not fascinate me um so i wanted to do something in the blue team realm um or the red team realm not penetration test a red team yeah. proper red team where you go and compromise an organization yeah right uh, so either that or in the core blue team side so i saw this opportunity from microsoft and interviewed over there long process again but uh, finally uh, went there at the time when i was uh, when i when i was interviewing at microsoft i had a couple of other off- offers as well uh, but i think i went at that time i went with microsoft because of their diversity inclusion and belonging as well um, yeah. they they basically diversity and inclusion aspect is the best if not Uh, uh, if not one of the best I think the, it might be the best in our industry right yeah. there is really a lot of thought put into those kind of things it's not a boss culture uh, right yeah. so you yeah. can be sitting on a call with 50 people and and if somebody says something that you don't understand and or you don't agree with you can you can basically ask them a very clear cut question and nobody will say that you know Yeah. You are out of your out of your domain or you're out of your bounds or who the hell are you to ask this question? And I've ha- I've yeah. worked in organizations like this before, right? That yeah. uh might is right. Yeah. Uh but Microsoft is not that place. I was yeah. al- always the kind of manager and you basically you've worked with yeah. me. Uh yeah. I was always the kind of manager who was always challenging the status quo. I said that, yeah. you know, I want to be a manager who who can be basically a decent human being and yeah. be a manager as well right yeah. who understands the problems of people and who is able to help them out as much as possible that is basically yeah. my motto um, by that is what i want to be seen as a manager right that is what i want sure. to be known as, as a manager i don't want to be known for my technical capabilities uh, yeah. those technical capabilities are my interest for my team yeah. i want to be the person that they can rely on 100% of the time and say that you know whatever problem there is i can go and speak my heart out with my with amit number yeah. one and number two if amit does not have the solution to that problem we will work together to find a solution to that problem yeah yeah that's it right yeah i've had so many situations where people have just come back from vacations like a week or so ago and they've run into a scenario where they've just burnt out in like a two weeks time or a week's yeah. time because they worked on some incident or something and i've told them go on vacation again take 3 days yeah. off 2 days off they're like you know i don't have that many days on the book i'm like forget about it i i will cover this yeah i will cover this yeah. but just go just run away don't look at your phone don't look at slack don't no emails nothing just go yeah and uh, i did not want i don't want anything in return from them i just basically want them to be happy and to have you know a basic uh, basic life right a basic life which which is a fulfilling life right although i know that i have never had that 
uh, we, I had to have backup on calls and what not all the yeah. time but um, but it's the least I can do for people who are working with me yeah and like I can vouch for that with CrowdStrike what I can say is you are one of the very very few people that um, the emotional intelligence that you have is very high as a manager as a leader mm-hmm. and this is what I think a lot of leaders lack that emotional intelligence of understanding reading the room understanding people the body language you had all that sometimes talking with you the like seconds you get the vibe without things i explain and that is the quality of a, a, a manager and a leader so i can i can vouch for that surely uh just quickly because you touched on these ones i want to ask about they don't have to be three qualities that you can say for the people starting in in cybersecurity what are the three things they have to do for an interview and another things for the people doing these interviews what do you advise them as well to mm. do uh, because sometimes i as you mentioned like they have these set of questions they are like robots they don't mm. think they ask they mark and they move on Hmm. Uh, do you have any advice or any remarks on that? So basically it starts off with with a person trying to understand where they fit in. There are yeah. many domains in cybersecurity and you need to have an understanding of of where you fit in. Yeah. Right? I usually advise people to go for the SOC analyst role. Yeah. I advise people to go for the SOC analyst role because it is a low hanging fruit right yeah. it is a low hanging fruit and if people are determined enough they can eat and for example they just they just have basic it skills like they're an it admin or you know a part of the administration team not even an admin administration team they can easily get from that to a soc analyst within 6 months yeah right um and uh, if people want to contact me or you and you can put them to me i can i can tell them about uh, you know what they want to do i will i will put all your details in the description yeah. like your youtube channel and we'll talk about that as well yes. soon yeah. and your course that i want to highlight the yeah. the art of malware analysis as well yeah so it starts off with as i said starts off with uh, you understanding what you want to do i always advise people to go for a soc analyst Uh, because you learn a lot over there and then after you see what's going on in the cybersecurity world then you know that okay now i want to specialize in i malware analysis i want to specialize yeah. in red teaming i want to i want to go into detection engineering you it's basically a place that you have that you get a flavor for a lot of these things some people yeah. i have seen that some people just say that okay soc analyst role is not for me I want to go into IRAP. I want to go into GRC. I want to yeah. go into program management. Uh, there are so many people who've gone on to do so many different and variable variable things, right? Uh, from this from this role. So you yeah. you let's talk about the SOC analyst role. Um, and so you start off with understanding that you want to go in a in a SOC analyst role, and you're determined to do that. The two or three qualities that you should have. is number 1 you should accept failure yeah accept failure right yeah 
you look at all these world champions uh, olympic champions world champions in any sport you will see that they have failed a lot in their endeavors to get to that stage nobody talks yeah. about those failures unfortunately people only talk about the big wins that people have had right yeah. uh, there is a lot of effort that has to be put in and you need to be able to handle failure right correct right handle failure and then number 1 um number 2 is your thirst for knowledge right um you need to be playing around or uh, dibbling dabbling with something or the other which excites you right so let's just say that you're you're getting in you're thinking about a sock and list role and yeah, you you should at least have some sort of a a lab or something set up in your in your environment right even if you have i i basically started doing oscp and i had a lab basically on my laptop on yeah. it used to uh, you know the fans used to go crazy whenever i used to stand it up but still right i had a semblance of a lab you can learn yeah. a lot from something very simple so thirst for knowledge and then number 3 is trying to build connections with people yeah right yeah. trying to build connections with people so i i have so many people who reach out to me on linkedin and who just say that you know amat i need your help can you mentor me i'm like give me some more information yeah yeah you can't yeah. just ask me to mentor you uh, i consider myself not a busy man although i'm extremely busy but i am available for these kind of things and i'd like to make myself available for these kind of things but yeah. i can't i can't just solve an open ended problem like i need help right yeah. you need to yeah. give me some sort of an idea of what you need right so yeah. building connections with people and and uh, you know trying to understand their situation as well right yeah. uh, think about the fact that the guy that i'm messaging he is basically working 8 to 10 hours a week he is middle aged so he has a family as well so when the time that he is reading my post or my my message to him is basically time that is give he's taking away from his family life or work life so i need yeah. to be as precise and as quick as possible to get his attention and to get the help that i need yeah. right yeah you can't just blindly message someone and expect help right yeah um so and there are so many things you can do other than that right um, so as i said three qualities accepting failure don't run away from failure um, and we just yeah. we talked about this earlier i failed in like 20 30 interviews and there is no shame in that and i like yeah. to be open about these things as well because people are like oh i'm you're working in microsoft in 2008 In 2008, I interviewed for the first time in Microsoft, right? Yeah. I wanted to get yeah. into Microsoft as a software engineer, right? They yeah. they paid my ticket. They called me from Pakistan to UAE, and they they interviewed me over there. I was basically asked in five different interviews. I think three different interviews. I spent 45 minutes each in all these interviews. I think I got good. I did good in one interview only out of the three. Yeah. But did that stop me? Yeah. No. You have to have some sort of an aspiration. And yeah. 
so failure uh, thirst for knowledge is go and find out try to find out and get as deep as possible in trying to understand what are my different options to do something and where am i getting stuck etc and chat gpt and all these tools are making it so much easier for you right now so yeah. you you try to get to the core of the problem as deep as possible and when you feel that now i'm stuck now i've hit a yeah. wall that that cannot be surpassed without any help that is yeah. when you go to someone and tell them that uh listen shady or listen ahmed i want to do this i have done 1 2 3 4 and i am here till now till now i have reached till here now i've hit a wall where i cannot go forward can i get some help based on your expertise what are your guidance what is your guidance and what do you suggest i do from here yeah yeah right so these 100%. are the three things and for hiring managers do you have any advice for people interviewing in cybersecurity what do they need to to do what do they need to change is it all about the culture hiring managers need to basically get away from fixed format interviews yeah. right they need to get away from fixed format interviews. i see i am not a big fan of the interviewing process right now uh, yeah. but unfortunately it is what we have right yeah. it is the only thing that we have right um i like malware analysis uh, interviews a lot because they have transitioned from from questions to basically assignments and basically you do an assignment they give you a week you do an assignment you come back you uh, and then you answer some questions about that assignment to to explain what okay. is going on and um in cyber security i think I, some other teams as well are thinking about assignments as well uh, they ask yeah. you to create build solutions and what not yeah so hiring managers need to move away from um from fixed format and trying to trying to understand the capabilities of a person not just yeah. uh, not just hire person based on how good they are in speaking because maybe maybe the guy is is a charmer and he can charm you into into getting <laughs> getting hired yeah. but then he's yeah. he's a dud when you hire him so try to yeah. get past that that initial stage right whether yeah. it is yeah. a person who's nervous in the interview or whether a person who's extremely charming and who can who can bypass your filters uh, you have to try to get to understand the person on the other side right yeah. and so i was never a big fan of fixed format interviews i always used yeah. to be used to ans- ask a question to start a conversation yeah you ask question to start a conversation and then you use the information that you're getting to yeah. go deep into uh, and understand the the personality that that you're hiring because culture yeah. and and the person on the other side is extremely extremely important right you yeah. hire one bad person in your team yeah. one bad person and yeah. that one bad person is basically going to be your time sink right he is going to yeah. take off take away 8 hours of your time every day and yeah. you're going to be running after trying to do to to solve his petty problems and you know trying to um 
please him and trying to um trying to you know solve the tricky questions that he throws your way because those are the kind of people yeah. who who will come up from time to time yeah. right so it is important to understand the other person uh, the person on the other side have try to uh, try to listen to your sixth sense as well sometimes people are like mm, i want to be as objective as possible that's fine but you get a vibe about a person from an interview yeah. and i try to get a vibe as well uh, a yeah. read on the person as well if sometimes yeah. i might be confused and i might say that there is a 50 50 chance i will ask my peer to interview him as well even though yeah. i am the final word yeah that i am being the manager or the hiring manager i have the final say in hiring a person i yeah. will say that maybe i am wrong let yeah. me just just give him the benefit of the doubt and just say that you know he might be good enough and just just talk to one of my peers and tell him that you know please go interview him as well yeah see what you that's, can find out that's amazing um i want to switch uh straight away because i want to touch on these ones about your course the art of malware analysis mm. i think it's one of the best in the market and i think you are very humble what i liked about what you present and what you do even on your youtube channel is um uh, you put it out as is and you unpack these malwares and you go through them you don't hide what you have your secret sources and how you do things you just put it out as is mm. and that's what i think set you apart from everyone else because of that transparency of your work and mm. how you do things and this is why i love your videos and i love your content that you you produce mm. so what was the idea did you as well see that kind of gap in the market there yeah. isn't any quality yeah yeah so whenever you you ask a technical person a question that you know how do you know this uh, usually the the answer is or uh, don't asking about that i just know right yeah. i just know yeah right and uh, i'm like there has to be a better way there has to be a better way to to articulate what you know and uh, how you know it what have, what is the process that you've gone through to understand this right yeah um so that is what i want to put through and explain to people i don't know if yeah. i do a good enough job about it um but that is what i want to teach people and yeah and you know there is something interesting that i've learned while creating this videos and this course that is that the the single best thing about it is that you le- learn that lesson um in the best way possible right for me yeah. i have to before i do a video i have to do that thing like three or four times yeah. um and when i'm shooting the video as well i have to take snapshots of the virtual machine and then i am at a stage where i have where my tongue has slipped or i have i have made a mistake somewhere i have to revert back to the virtual machine and start again so yeah i i learned the lesson by heart over there and i don't forget what i have done in most of those videos and a lot of those times those videos serve as a reference for myself as well there are a lot of times where where uh, where i forget what i had done 
and so i have yeah. to go back and look at that video and that is basically my source of information for myself as well yeah you know i love i love malware analysis and i hate malware analysis as well <laughs> you know it's, yeah, it's a very it's a tricky it's, it's a conundrum because you know what will happen is that if i stay away from malware analysis for like a month i will forget yeah. everything right so that's <laughs> yeah. why yeah, that's true. why i hate it but i yeah. like it for the fact that you know um i understand uh, i get into the mindset of the the attacker the person who's built the tool himself yeah. or yeah. built the malware himself and uh, so that is that is amazing right try to yeah. try to unpack what he's doing why he's doing it in such a manner yeah so um so long story short i wanted to create those videos for people to to understand my thought process and and how i i address a problem and number 2 was the course the course oh my god the i when i was starting <laughs> to learn malware analysis my god i had to go through so many phases of uh, going somewhere and learning something then i'm like that is not work then coming back yeah. and then going back again uh, to somewhere else and i'm like this guy is analyzing malware in ida pro and he just starts from the middle of the malware how did he reach here yeah yeah exactly how did exactly. he get here so in the yeah. course my basically what i wanted to do was i said that i will take people on a journey whether they yeah. like the journey or not somebody will like yeah. it right and yeah. the journey is i will start from zero yeah I'll start from zero and i will explain to them each and everything and whenever i am doing something i will never start from the middle i will always yeah. try to find a way to start from a and then go to b c d or z or whatever but there yeah. has to be some sort of a build up yeah it was extremely difficult um and uh, i learned a lot uh, in that process as well um because at first i was creating videos which were 40 45 minutes long uh, for each yeah. and every tutorial um in the course and uh, when i got some feedback from different people after i showed them the course they like nobody is going to be able to sit through 40 45 minutes of thick content and you have yeah. to dial it down and your your content is good but it's too technical it's too technical yeah so then i had to split up all these videos into into 10 15 20 minute segments which was basically the 45 minutes were very hard for me as well yeah right they were extremely yeah. hard for me but um, um and i thought that people would appreciate it yeah but yeah uh, ended up creating the course i try to keep it updated as much as possible um and i always try to find new things that i want to add to the course to keep it more and more up to date right excellent um what was like the most or what is the most interesting malware you unpacked so far um unpacked so far um recently there there was a malware which is um i'm forgetting the name of the malware um it had multiple stages um I'm forgetting the name i can check it basically 
Um, Because I've seen in your course as well, uh, mm. you didn't even finish. You had bonuses of a lot of malware, yeah. a lot of uh, ransomware that you brought in, and you did some practical analysis on yes. that, which yes. is really excellent. Yeah, just give me one second. Let me just check yeah, out um, the where that I was recently unpacking Dark Gate. Dark okay. Gate is basically. it starts off with a fish then yeah. it goes through um i think an iso uh, then it it downloads an autoit file which then unpacks and there is a shell code inside which has an executable there are so many uh, phases Levels. of that yeah uh, aspects of that and then it finally goes through uh, to the final payload which is after after i think four or five steps of unpacking um i want to basically create a video for it um either on the channel or on the or in the course um yeah. but i think the uh, i've been sidelined because of the the new addition to the family <laughs> well um i will i will end here and congratulations as well uh, on that uh, ahmad uh, ahmad Uh, Salim Kasmani I just invite everyone to follow you on YouTube LinkedIn and get the course the null character on nullchart.com I'll put all the links there uh, it is it was an amazing time I loved your journey I loved everything you explained it's such a, a treasure of information and knowledge uh, we had today so thank you so 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 much for your time sir and i love as well to to have another catch up because you have so much information and so much to share like But thank you so much for today likewise chaddy thank you very much for your time i i'm basically i miss talking to you my friend so you know it was thank nice you. to same, it same was nice you. to catch up with you pleasure thank you so much sir thank you have a nice day bye bye cheers you too Rising Cyber by Chad Sally B.